Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the 94th edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. Today's special guest is Megan Fitzpatrick of Popular Woodworking Magazine. Before we get to her, though, let's see what we've been up to. Diami, how's sure. the Bar Top Arcade? It's done. It's in a box, and it's sh- sitting in a trailer somewhere on its way to California. Hot damn. Yeah. It was, uh, shipped, it, shipped it ground just to... Yeah, it, it went LTL. Um, they finally oh. picked it up on Friday, and uh, they figured it's about a week and a half to get out there, but that should be fine. Wow. I guess he's been waiting this long. Y- yeah, at this point, uh, since I started the project in August, what's another <laughs> week to ship it? <laughs> And what, how tight were you, were you to the, the your leaving? That was your true deadline this time was the fact that you were gone for a week. Yeah, um, I was hoping to finish it on Friday night, and I ended up finishing it at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but um, but finished it was, and uh, off we went. Not bad. So it, it's uh, – I, I, I won't spend too much time. I spent forever at the last episode talking about how it was, it was being built. So it's basically – it was just finished – um, I pre-finished everything, so there was no finish to deal with after assembly. And then the assembly was just gluing in a bunch of dominoes and installing the buttons, which was pretty simple. So then I, I built a case around it out of half-inch plywood and screwed that case to a pallet, and then it was good to go. Now, how about you, Sean? You, uh, you've been marathoning? Yes, I have. I, I officially am a marathon finisher. Well, well done. Which, well done. Did you, a, did you do that with like a two by four in your pocket? <laughs> no, I, I can't. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Nope. I did it with uh, massive cramps in my legs and uh, hobbling across the finish line like any first time marathoner should. I guess I looked okay, but I didn't feel okay. I'm a good actor. <laughs> well, I am I'm by no means a marathoner, but it strikes me that you don't do it to feel good. No, you do it to challenge yourself and see what you can do. And so I've already registered for another one this fall. Okay. Um, because I want to figure out what went wrong and how to fix it. Okay. Because it's something. I, I blame my stupidly large legs, actually. <laughs> I, I have the theory that my calves are, and they are, they're pretty big, that they bounced enough. So about mile 16, they started cramping. And when you say what went wrong, what you mean is why you were in so much pain as opposed to why you didn't finish because you did finish. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, there was never a question. Like, the, they, they say it's a big mental thing. Okay. There was never a thought of not finishing. It was just the, damn it, I've got to stretch again because I literally can't bend my feet because my calves are locked. Okay. Like, it's it's a really bad feeling. And I, I, I've had it before, but when that muscle clamps up, it's it's painful. Big time painful. I will keep that in mind, though I, I yeah. doubt I'll ever run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everyone, that's for sure. But um, if that- uh, if what I've seen on the interwebs is true, then I'm thinking that our guest has actually done the most with wood over the past couple of weeks. I think that's right. Megan? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, but I wouldn't call it woodworking in the sense of cabinet making. I've been working on the house. and uh, I was going to say those stairs are wooden. 
Well, they are wooden, but it's a different type of, you know, it's, it's, it's trim carpentry. It's not what uh, we're used to presenting in the magazine. I wish we could. I'd have this done more quickly because then I could do it on company time. But You're not going to start a sister publication of popular trim carpentry? I would like to start popular home building, but I just don't have time for two. You know, let's compete mm-hmm. on all levels. Why don't we? <laughs> I say go uh, for it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to need another editor before we can do that. Uh, yeah, no, I've also been rebuilding the stairs and finding reclaimed lumber from a hundred years ago and planing that down and taking off, uh, paint, layers of paint and dirt. And I have them ready to go. And I got my nails, my cut nails, the proper ones from Tremont today. Uh, so hopefully this weekend I will get that, uh, landing installed <laughs> and I can actually use my front stairs. So. Although they're a little dangerous because there's still no railing. I'll get oh, around that, to that eventually. That's that's <laughs> absolutely no problem. I lived in a colonial that had no railing on the upper level for about four years. I can remember parties of people like picking other guests up uh, where there was a lack of railing. So um, mm. it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'll trust you on that. Yeah. So there's that and uh, lots of other house stuff to do. But it's, actually I did build uh, – an actual project recently for the bathroom that I haven't yet started to rehab. So I guess that'll sit in the corner for a few years, but <laughs> that's actually on the current cover. It's that medicine cabinet. So, okay. Very cool. Yeah. It looks great sitting against the wall in in one of the, in one of the empty bedrooms, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, now you just have to, you, we, Essentially, now you've settled on the bathroom design because you just need to build a bathroom that matches it. So you've you've taken exactly. a lot of concern out of the actual bathroom renovation project. Sure. Well, my biggest concern is that there are load-bearing walls involved that are going to get holes cut in them as well as a door from my bedroom. So more trim carpentry there. Uh, <laughs> if the house falls down around me, you'll know what happened. That's why they make LVLs. <laughs> you'll be fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nineteen oh six style LVL. It'll look well. Great. I mean, you you can seal them. I'm not saying to leave them exposed. This isn't a workbench. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and no, you can't <laughs> jump on it. Oh, that was no. Tom. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's a bit late for that. Way. I'm sorry. That that cat's out of Yeah, sorry. That <laughs> was Tommy of you know. <laughs> well, uh-huh. I guess you can jump on it, but that would mean it's on the ground, and that would be a big problem. That's so. a big problem. Yeah. Otherwise, you're pulling a Lionel Richie and dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> I could do that. The magic. Um, yeah, so that's most of the woodworking I'm doing is, is house-related, although I have built a project here and there for the magazine that will eventually be house-related, but for now, not so much. <laughs> right. That's super impressive. I mean, you've really done a ton of work to that house since you moved into it. Well, most of it's been destruction, and that's easy and fun. <laughs> mm. So it's the rebuilding that is uh, more challenging, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you Especially the- by myself, because there's lots of heavy, you know, true two by eights that I'm lifting. And mm. I'm, you know, while I think I'm too big, I'm not actually that large. So <laughs> it's a little difficult at times, but that's okay. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I completely lost my thought. Yeah, I was going to ask you <laughs> what you were going to say. We'll edit that gone. out. It's gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, gone. Oh, well. Darn it, both of us at once. At any rate, and so b- besides that, I guess we're going to kind of quickly go into. I think, is, but you've got a you've got an event coming up that I think you're a part of. 
maybe. Uh, I assume you're talking about the local trash pickup day in Make More Side Beautiful? <laughs> no, you're talking about that, no. uh, sorry. Uh, popular Woodworking, yeah. It's uh, Popular Woodworking in America. We just rebranded it a little bit. We're actually trying to rebrand everything to under the Popular Woodworking name right now, so it really didn't change much. We just have a tiny little popular on top of Woodworking in America. And okay. uh, yeah, that is, uh, when is that? September 16th through 18th in Northern Kentucky, although the website says Cincinnati because Everyone knows where Cincinnati is, and nobody knows where Northern Kentucky is. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, and this is, gosh, I should know what year this is. Let's it's see. year a lot. It's got to be. It's year a lot. You're yeah, I think approaching it's double digits, aren't you? Is it that many? Hey, I think this is the eighth eight? or ninth, or well, it's actually the tenth, but that's only because we had two during two years. Um, right. So, so it's the eighth year. It's the eighth year. Yeah, it's okay. the eighth year. So. Wow. Um, yeah. And I uh, changed it up just a little bit this year. We have a mix of faces of people who have attended the conference in the past have seen before. Like We couldn't have it without Roy Underhill and Christopher Shores, who actually started it back in mm-hmm. 2008. And Roy has been with us every year. Uh, Chris actually hasn't. He wasn't mm-hmm. able to come one year. Um, but then we've also added some new names, trying to get some uh, different people involved, and some of them are well-known uh, personalities on YouTube and other social media sites, such I'm sure you know them, uh, like Matt Cremona. Who's he? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are you serious? The guy left. No, Matt does. <laughs> yeah. No, Matt does wonderful work. And what's really fascinating about him is that he's taking mo- – most of his projects involve taking a tree from standing to cutting it down to slabbing it himself to getting his own lumber, and he'll be talking about that. And then building, I would say, contemporary-inspired furniture. Mm-hmm. So he'll be joining us this year. Um, Zach Dillinger, who is – yeah, he, he's kind of, I like to think of him as the baby Roy Underhill. God, I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> um, you know, he works in, or actually the baby Adam Carabini, if you will, because he works yeah, in 18th century yeah. style and wears puffy shirts and everything. Um, but he does pure mental work, 18th century style. And he actually has a book coming out with us later in the fall. So, you know, a nice conjunction of events there. But he'll obviously be talking about CNC work. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, 18th century work. Will, uh, um, will the book be out in time Hamilton for the event? last year, Stump, Stumpy Nubs. It will not. Um, that's okay. We'll have some flyers about it and pre-ordering available. It will not be out, unfortunately, until right around November. Okay. There's just nothing we can do to, to move the publication date up. Yeah, and I believe the working title is with saw, plane, and chisel. So it really is all about building 18th century style. And there's five or six projects in the book, but okay. it's mostly, um, you know, how to take these techniques and apply them to any type of furniture you want to build. So the style, really- the projects are more of an exercise to demonstrate the techniques and, and learn them. Yeah, they are, but I mean they're full blown projects. Like a uh, there's a chest a chest of drawers I know, and honestly I can't remember any of the others right now because our books editor Scott Francis is in the midst of editing it, um, and I have not looked at it yet very closely. I must admit, but I approved it a year and a half ago. I forget <laughs> things. What can I say? So <laughs> there's a lot to be uh, edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, and I'm really excited this year to have Nancy Hiller, who um, you may recall did the Arts and Crafts, the Liebes-inspired English Arts and Crafts bookcase on our December cover. Yes. She does, yeah. She, uh, she's not an online personality because uh, she's too busy building stuff. Um, you know, she's a professional woodworker. That's what she does for a living. She's written a number of books. Um, so she'll be there talking about arts and crafts furniture with an English bent and also some professional, cause she really is a professional builder. That's how she makes her money. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually doesn't do all that much teaching or other things. So she's one of the few people I know who can make a pure living at it. And, uh, wow. she'll be talking about some of the tricks she learned as a cabinet making apprentice basically over in England, like real tricks that you can use in your shop for production work or for, you know, if you have to build 10 of something. Tips in terms of efficiency and accuracy, things like that. Yeah. And, and how, you know, not everything always has to be, not that it can't be top notch joinery, but there are places where you can choose to use some simpler methods and it will be every bit as durable and you won't see the difference. Okay. So, um, I think those are some good tricks for people to learn. Mm. There's something um, to be said for being able to finish it. Yeah, well, that yeah, exactly right. That's not to say her pieces aren't fabulous, but most people who are paying someone to make them built-in kitchen cabinets aren't paying for mortise and tenon joinery all around. So you just do that on the front of the case um, or on, on the rails and styles of the face frame and, and other tricks for back where you can't see it anyway um and I, I i just love her she's great she's funny she's fun to work with and i'm not gonna lie i'm glad to have another woman on board because you know it's all a bunch of old white men so <laughs> you gotta stop that because there's so many you know there's so many women and younger people and um getting involved in the craft now and I'm, i want to represent that more in our offerings so um, Absolutely. I mean, it was a couple yeah. years ago you brought Mary May on. Mary yeah, and she'll be here this year, year too, actually. Right. So, Yeah, but excellent. But, good, yeah, good but see. I ran out of classroom, so I am not teaching anything this year. So oh. <laughs> I'll be walking does around, that, though. Does that make it less stressful for you? Uh, not really. Okay. Because <laughs> I know you're always spinning around just, I mean, really zipping back and forth real busy. So maybe taking the, an hour out of a day or where you're not teaching, at least you can keep on top of things in a different way or a little better. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not going to lie. It's nice to be teaching because then, you know, you have to be in that place for two hours. <laughs> um, and nobody's going to bother you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's all right. That's what I'm there for. It's okay. So is it getting, we easier? have a lot of, we got, is it getting easier? Um, yeah. I mean, eight years in, I mean, have you figured out the system and are you finding things that have worked better in past years that you're repeating and, or, or is it still just a, I mean, the same kind of struggle every time? Well, I wouldn't call it a struggle, but it, it's a, okay. it's a challenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the conference staff who does the booking of the, of the event space and things like that. So I don't have to do that. Unlike our first year where we actually had to find a place wow. to have it. Um, wow. Yeah. But what is stressful is taking the, um, you know, trying to figure out, I have a obviously set amount of money and there are lots of really good woodworkers and I always offend somebody by not inviting them. And I feel bad <laughs> about that. Um, but there's only so much room and we want to show some new faces and then maybe next year we'll bring back some people we weren't able to invite this year. Right. Um, and it's just always trying to find the right mix because I want to make sure we have a, a series of classes that will appeal to woodworkers of all skill levels, of uh, various styles uh, of woodworking, um, 
of, of uh, hand tools versus power tools. So it's just, you know, trying to get, it's like every issue of the magazine. You can't, not everyone is going to love you all the time, but you do the best you can and you try to provide a, a balanced mix of hand power, different styles, different approaches, and hopefully there is something for everyone and they'll be happy and have things to listen to and learn from all weekend. So, so that's well, a if, challenge. If past years are any indication, I think you'll come pretty close to that. That's the kind of goal you never quite completely hit because right. you can't be everything to everyone. Um, but in past years, you've certainly done a very good job of, of balancing the, uh, the, the types of people who are there and, and the types of classes that are being taught. And this year certainly seems to be the same based on who you have speaking and what they're going to be talking about. Well, thank you. I'm glad yeah, to hear I mean, you say that. <laughs> looking at, at the you know, cast of characters on the, on the webpage, uh, if 15 speakers, is that more than previous years? Um, it varies. It depends on how many classrooms we have. Um, actually I think last year we had a few more because I pulled a couple of people from who had marketplace booths to teach, say one class. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. but that was difficult because then they had to find someone to cover their booth. I liked being able to do it because it gave us a, a different variety of courses, but it was such a logistical, uh, challenge that I decided this year to not do that. <laughs> we'll see. I just needed a little bit of a nap. So maybe next year we'll do that again. But, well, I don't know if you noticed, if you're looking at the website, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way is woodworkinginamerica.com. Not popular um, woodworking in America, just that's woodworking right, in just America. Woodworkinamerica.com. <laughs> Early bird registration through June 10th. Um, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I hope this airs before June 10th. Anyway, we have a lot of, <laughs> actually really we had good- it scheduled for the ninth. So you're all set. Excellent, excellent. Um, but May. we have some of the best <laughs> best plane makers here this year. And we've got Caleb James, Rainey Nelson, hey. Conrad Sauer. So they're all speaking on some type of planes and plane making. Plus we'll have a plane makers roundtable with representatives from uh, Lee Valley and Lee Nielsen also. And I think that will be exciting. Um, Conrad mm-hmm. hasn't come in a few years, so I'm, his work is just and Rainey's just stunning. And then Caleb, oh, of course, makes wooden planes. Uh, That's just the, great work. The difference between the two, you got Caleb making real traditional straight mm-hmm. wooden planes, and then I think Conrad and Rainey both work in a in a their own versions of infill. Yeah. Um, and yeah, stunning work, all of them. Out of mm-hmm. my price range, all of them. well but you can look at caleb's article from the last issue and make your own molding planes Mm -hmm. he walks you through it step by step so (laughs) i have i have that i have it printed out i have it uh partially designed in cad i just haven't (laughs) taken it yeah you sound like me i've got a list of projects i'm along (laughs) that's the first step for me is to to put it on lines on a screen and then yeah uh, and I, I really, I wanted to get the geometry of it all down before I even try to cut it. Sure. If you can understand it on paper, it makes it a lot easier when you pick mm-hmm. up the wood. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. But that actually reminds me, one of the things I love about WIA and the magazine is so many of these guys, well, all of, all of these people, men and women, are just happy to share what they know. And I don't always find that's the case with all woodworkers. You know, some of them want to preserve the mystery, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really important to let people know about the craft. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm editing um, for Lost Art Press right now. I'm editing um, Rubo 2, if you will. And you know, there's a line in there about 
people who aren't professionals shouldn't have the tools at home. Thank gosh, or thank goodness for the the laws that protect the guilds, basically. And I'm so glad we don't have that anymore because, <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I get no, it. I understand. But it's so, you know, relaxing to, to come home after a long day of staring at the computer or being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever and just make something with your hands. So having people willing to share their years of expertise is just really important to me. And that's what we try to do through the conference in person and, of course, in the magazine. So... No, that's excellent. Yeah, I, I saw you. I think did you put it on Instagram or or Facebook or something about you editing the second second yeah. Rubo? Is is this Rubo yeah. on marketry? Uh, no, or this is, this is the, the furniture making one. The furniture so. making. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, sick. I'm just I'm just copy editing. I'm just getting files ready for design. It's been edited by you know all the experts. So right. <laughs> so I'm just doing a little extra work on it, but that's outside of my day job, of course. So I would never do it during the day, <laughs> but I actually love that. You know, I, I really love the craft because I come home from work and then do more reading about woodworking, which unfortunately gets in the way of actually doing woodworking, but that's all, all right. right. <laughs> Eventually I'll get around to it. So, well, that's how you got into this in the first place was through editing, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, editing at my desk and we had at the time four guys working in the shop chris uh shores chuck bender um uh bob lang and glenn huey actually chuck wasn't there at the time he came later and they were just building stuff in the shop and i thought i should learn this so i did (laughs) (laughs) perfect yeah and now I'm at my desk and in meetings all the time, so I need to get in the shop more. And actually, we have some younger employees who are, you know, doing video editing and things like that. So they don't necessarily have to know the craft so much okay. as to know how to capture it. But they all want to learn, just like I did. So That's I've actually excellent. been, yeah, it's great. I've been getting into the shop more because I'm taking them out there and teaching them how to cut dovetails and. One of the guys, uh, Jake Motts, who does uh, video editing for us, actually built um, just without any help. He just decided he was going to try it. I had shown him how to use a dovetail saw. I had introduced him to the machines. And I think David Teal, um, who also does video work now, introduced him to some of the – like the router. Okay. And he just came in one day, and he had a checkerboard uh, uh, tabletop that he had built. I'm like, wow. (laughs) You know, nobody told him how to do it. He just decided to try it. And that's the key. You just got to, yeah, I, I shouldn't say this, but there's only so much reading and watching other people do it can teach you. You got to get in there and you got to do it at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, but that's what he's doing. And, that's, and then one of my other guys, Scott Francis, our books editor, again, got an introduction so that safety issues are covered. And he decided to build a skateboard. So he did. <laughs> you know? That is and such a really rewarding fun. project. I know. He's going to kill himself. He's well, 45 years old, but there that's is all that. right. <laughs> but I, I built one last summer. and Oh, you did? I, I was just – it was so much fun to build. I, I've never skated. I don't skate. I've never even ridden the one I made. But it was <laughs> so much fun to build. It was a rather simple but yet very rewarding project. Oh, good. I'm just worried he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the tools, mind you. So. <laughs> Well, how come you haven't written yours? Uh, it was a gift for my cousin. Um, that's it, a very it good was reason. a wedding present, so uh, I, 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 fit, I put a last coat of finish on, wrapped it up, and drove up to the wedding and gave it to him. Uh, uh, the other wow. reason I never wrote it is because I don't know how to ride a skateboard. It's just not something I've ever done. Eh, um, I think I did it last in the fifth grade, and I hurt myself. So well, <laughs> that go. was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but having made this one, 
I suspect within the next two, three years, I'll probably make another one for my son. And at that point, I'll probably have to at least figure out how to get down the driveway without falling off of it. <laughs> I'm sure you can do it. You can balance on top of roofs. You'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the roofs don't move. Well, sometimes. Mine does. I was up on it today with the estimator, and I lost a shingle and almost went over the edge. Oh. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he let you up. Uh, he wasn't real happy to see me up at the top of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with woodworking. No, it doesn't. That's the conversation for a beer one night at Woodworking America. That's yes. right. And one of these days, I'll have time for that beer. So <laughs> this year, darn this it. year, all right, this year, I'm yeah. I'm in my hometown, so I can at least. Uh, I'm sure that you have nothing else going on Thursday night. You're going to come out with us. Possibly. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I don't but know. She, she showed up in Winston-Salem on Thursday night, I think. That's true. I did. See? She's not that bad. I wonder what got into me. It's because you weren't home and you didn't have five people staying at your house that night. You're probably right. Since <laughs> I, well, unless I get rid of the bats that are in the house, no one's going to want to stay here. So oh, there you go. safe this year. Yeah. Just keep they- doing the demolition and don't put anything back together until November. Yeah. Right. Well, I was hoping. I was hoping that September nineteenth, everyone could come here and help me finish. That would be awesome. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine? I could have Al Sharp doing all my spindle turning and <laughs> Roy Underhill making a new door for me. Wouldn't that sure. be awesome? It's not going to happen, but it would be awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Al Sharp did give me a lesson in spindle turning. He was in town for a video shoot a couple weeks ago, so. I mean, I sort of knew what I was doing, but I got an expert lesson, and now I just need to put it to use. So, Does he have a video coming out? <laughs> he does. Um, and this one is on offset turning for furniture makers. Okay. Mm. So it's like making cabriole legs on the lathe and things like that. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of cool jigs. Um, I think that's coming out, and I want to say August. It might be July. I'm not positive. We have too many of them. We like release a video, well, not too many, but we have so many of them. We release a video like every other week now. It's crazy. Um, so it's not just the magazine and the conference. It's the videos, the online classes, the, um, How much I'm sure there's stuff I'm forgetting. <laughs> do you end up with things that like Alf's offset turning? Is that mm-hmm. just a video or do you structure it so that you've got, a magazine article and a video and something else, you know, are, are you, are the different media being sistered together with, with like content or is each one kind of off doing its own thing? Same topics, but no real coordination. Well, ideally I would be more coordinated, but if you'd seen my desk, you'd know why this never happens. No, um, we do on, I can't do it with everything because we have, you know, the magazine only comes out seven times a year, and mm-hmm. right now I'm working. The August issue goes to our binder read-through, which is the final read-through before it goes to the printer, mm-hmm. is this Thursday. So I'm working on the August issue right now. So it's hard to get the timing right because the videos, of course, get released much more quickly than a magazine article. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can't do it on everything, but I try to do it on select things. Like I've got um, – we had a recent video out from Jared Stone Doll, who does, um, he was at Woodworking America last year, and his wife did one too on basket making and uh, spoon carving is, no, not spoon carving, and shrink boxes. Is it spoon carving? Yeah, it's spoon carving um, with Jared. And then I have an article 
from Jared in the current issue on turning uh, handled cups, you know, what you have to do with a reciprocating lathe. Mm-hmm. And then I also have an article from Roy Underhill on making a pull lathe. So I do try to work it together. And then we're also releasing the next year of or uh, season of Roy's show, The Woodwright Shop. So we do try to coordinate on some things, but I can't have everything like that. Okay. But when we have a book coming out, I'll usually do a chapter, well, a project from the book. So Zach is going to do something in an upcoming issue. But Zach just had a baby, so uh-huh. um, he might get – well, he didn't have a baby. His wife had a baby. <laughs> um, they had a child. Uh, he's, he's a little busier than he expected with that right now, so we'll see. <laughs> it's a good thing he turned in his book manuscript before that happened. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, it is. And it was, it's her first kid, and I think they were surprised. Oh. I think he's surprised by how much work it takes. <laughs> All <laughs> rewarding, but it is work. So. No, mm-hmm. it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the problems with getting younger guys to, to write for you. You're all busy with other stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not that older people aren't, but no diapers to change. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a coordinated effort on some fronts, but not everything. That would just bore people if we tried to, you know, hit them on all sides and all different types of media, mm. I think, with the same content. Well, so you, I just try to have it related. Do you find that you hit the same people with the different media or do you have distinct audiences for the magazine versus the videos versus the blogs? Um, I can't really say on the blogs exactly, but I do know that um, – you know, people like to learn in different ways. They like to sit down and read about it, and then they like to go and watch the video because you get a different idea of how to go about something if you watch somebody do it. So mm-hmm. it's probably a lot of I, – I don't know for sure, but I suspect there's a fair amount of crossover. Okay. And, you know, people love Roy. People love Chris. Mm, they do. They're going to buy their stuff no matter what. And it's good. I mean, I wouldn't say – it's it's good stuff. It helps you learn. Um, and both of them are entertaining on video So and in – print. So it's, it's, I think it's a bit of a crossover audience, but I do know that say our, our video streaming site reaches a younger audience and a lot of people overseas because you don't have to download, you don't have to, um, wait for it to arrive in the mail. And so they may, they may or may not be magazine readers, although you can get the magazine digitally. So I don't really know. I wish I knew that more, but there's only so much data I can soak in. So Mm. (laughs) Are you um, as in, in your role there? Are you are you editing every piece of media? No, popular there's no way. Related? Okay. No, there's no way. Um, I am actually my new my new managing editor, Rodney Wilson, started today. So well, congratulations, um, Rodney. Yes, yes, and um, I. I hear, here's your your beer game. You can try to find the at least six errors in the last spe- spelling errors or editing errors in the last issue because I've been trying to do everything for a while now, so it's been a little rough, frankly. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I still the the content's great, but I may have a misplaced comma here or there. It's possible. Anyway, um, so I do edit everything that goes into the magazine, and I do edit all the like back cover copy and sales copy and that kind of stuff. But there's no way I could sit down and watch all the videos before they go out the door. Um, I will sometimes take one of our books home on the weekend and edit that if it's uh, brand new content or from a new author just because we need a second set of eyes on it. But there's only so much a woman can do, you know. So 
So I try, but there's just no way to see everything. But I have good people in all those positions, so I trust them to do their jobs and do it well. That's why and I hire them. So is no, I was gonna say the um, you're personally putting an eye on so much of it. Is that just a function of a new staff coming up to speed? Because I would think that as the overall editor, you have more things to worry about than spelling errors. Well, um, I am the content director, um, which means I have to oversee everything. I I call myself the editor because what the heck is a content director? I don't know what that means, but it is my title. Um, But what it means is that if anything goes wrong in any of those areas, at the end of the day, it's my fault. So um, I do just try to keep an eye on everything. But yeah, I mean, I do trust obviously the people who work with me. If, if, if not, I wouldn't have them in those positions. Um, and because we are working as everyone is in publishing these days, no matter what type of media with a smaller staff than we might've enjoyed several years ago, um, there just aren't as many people looking at it. So errors get through. So yeah, I do try to look at as much as I can and as far as editing the magazine, honestly, I just like doing it. So I, I care about the misplaced commas. I care about I care most about the written word because it's what I do. It's right. what I was trained for. And you know right. well, Shakespeare probably had a lot of miscommas, so who cares? But um, <laughs> so yeah, that's actually very important to me. I want I want the content to not only ring true and be safe and be right and be educational and entertaining. I want it to be correct also, however you define that word, because that's important to me. My name's on it. So, yeah, I do read everything that goes in, and not everything is perfect, but I do the best I can. So, <laughs> that's, It's impressive, I mean, because I know you guys have uh, diversified. Is that the right term, you know, as, as technology has advanced? Mm-hmm. You know, so you're doing a lot more, and it's great to see you guys continuing to put out content. Yeah, I just hope I don't off myself. But you know, <laughs> just, now my joke is I'm going to sell up, sell up, and go herd sheep in Montana or something. But uh, <laughs> no, but wow. then honestly, like when I talk to you guys or when we're at woodworking in America, I mean, I um, I'm not that great of a woodworker. I'm competent, but I'm not that great. What's exciting for me is to see people learning from Roy, from Alf, from uh, you know everyone who's at the conference, Mary May, Nancy, and seeing how useful it is and how fun these events are and how much people get out of them. Mm. So, and and when I get, you know, nice comments about the magazine and people tell me that we've, uh, one of my cats is puking in the corner. Awesome. Um, And people tell me that they got a lot out of it or that it meant a lot to them. That makes it worthwhile. So and then I don't want to go herd sheep for at least another week. So it's great. So <laughs> so, so I guess the, the trick to this is for true job satisfaction, you have to have a woodwork in America every two weeks. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> then I absolutely would sell up and move to Montana. No, I can't. That's actually – I'm not going to lie. That is the most time-sucking thing that I do because it all has to be done within a very short time period and trying to get everybody contracted and everybody contacted – and to get the schedule done and to get the website information done, that has to be done in such a short time. And yeah, 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 I should plan ahead and get started on it earlier. But I don't know until like how this year goes. 
um, you know, Chris could bomb completely and then I won't have him back again, you know. Um, <laughs> but I don't know until this conference is over if the choices we made on classes are going to be a success. So I don't really want to plan until I know that. Now, I know that's weird, but, you know, obviously I look at what people tell us in the survey and try to respond as much as possible to what people want. And I can't know that until it's over. So. <laughs> Would, does that is a year that short a period of time to pull together? Because that that would still give you, you know, roughly a year till the next one, wouldn't it? Oh, sure. But you know, we have to contract the space. Uh, most conference centers are contracted two to three years in advance, mm-hmm. so it's always a scramble to find the right location. Um, and I don't know if we'll move it out of Cincinnati again next year or not. But um, if we do, then we have to find the location. Um, Providence. <laughs> yeah, I really would love to do Rhode Island because I love Rhode Island and Providence is a great town. We have looked several times at the conference center there and they haven't been able to accommodate it at the time we want. Um, so it's been a bit of a challenge and that's part of the problem with waiting. So, and inevitably, uh, you know, a year seems like a lot of time, but I'll tell you, as soon as this conference is over, we're on deadline for the next issue of the magazine. Right, so right. I can't just turn around and do that, unfortunately. If I could do only that, my life would be a lot easier. So, <laughs> but also a lot less exciting. So, well, t- since we're back on the subject of popular woodworking in America, um, <laughs> all right, I keep forgetting. Sorry, <laughs> terrible. Well, I'm just looking at the website, and you're still using the WIA abbreviation. Should we be calling it PWIA? No. Okay, thank you. I hope okay. our new CEO isn't hearing me say that, but I'm not going to. I'm going with WIA. So. Um, was, I mean, was it literally a question of, I mean, was anybody being confused by who was hosting it or? No, I don't think so, but it makes sense from a business standpoint. I mean, you know, you want to, you, you wouldn't call yourself the modern woodworkers association in one place and call yourself just the woodworkers association somewhere else. It just doesn't make sense for the brand. And we want people to know who the main sponsor is and who they can yell at if things go wrong and who they can (laughs) say, yay, if things go right. So Hopefully, if we tie it more closely, because we actually get a lot of people through the marketplace who have no idea who popular woodworking is and what we do. They just walk in off the street. So if we can make that connection stronger, we can, you know, then introduce them to the other things that we do. Right. So so I think it makes perfect sense to tie the name of the magazine, which is the flagship um, publication that, you know, the whole brand is built on um, around the name popular woodworking. So. It makes sense. Absolutely. For for those who are attending and who uh, are deciding to attend based on what a wonderful event it's going to be, besides – You're the, very sweet. The, <laughs> it is going to be a wonderful event. Um, it always is. Since, my, since mm-hmm. I first went, I think I've missed one and it was a, it was a sore point and um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go without it. It's a, okay, good. It's a very good event. No, it was a sore point that I had to miss it, but uh, oh, fortunately right. – um, you know, you failed to consult my children's birthdays when you were booking it. So I don't I know am, what, what I happened really at your sorry. mouth. So that sorry predate about the that. conference. But anyway. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, I, I won't tell you that the Saturday of the conference, no, Sunday of the conference is my wife's birthday. And it's always around my wife's birthday. Oh, dear. That's fine. I missed I actually, a family I, wedding last year because oh, of it. Oh. I have to leave early because of a family wedding this year. My brother. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 
I'm not running the show, <laughs> so I can, <laughs> I can leave. But uh, right, right, right. It's you know, like just like you're not going to please everyone, you're never going to meet everyone's schedule either. I've missed a few purely because schedule. I understand. I do not have that luxury. No, no, no. no hey, at, this point. at least, and so the last time I saw you was two years ago in Winston Salem. I didn't yes. get to go to uh, Kansas City, but this I, it, is it good to be home that you don't have to truck across the country. Yeah, because I always have to drive the truck. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Every time we've taken a truck, I've driven the damn thing. Uh, um, and I am not good with the big cars, but I haven't wrecked anything yet, so that's cool. Um, it is nicer for us to be in Cincinnati. It, it is uh, a little bit more comfortable because I can sleep in my own bed and don't have to pay anybody to watch my cats. Um, also, it makes it easier to offer... A somewhat, not not a wider array of classes, but I can bring down a bandsaw more easily from Blue Ash, Ohio, than I can t- from Blue Ash to Kansas City. So, sure. right, so, right. You know, if somebody runs out of something, I know where to get it. You know? right. So that's nice. So it's just a, it, logistics are easier. Running, it's not all that much easier, but it, it just makes it a little more comfortable and a little bit easier to solve problems without asking for help. So. Yeah, how, yeah. How do you do that in in the remote cities? Have you leaned on local guilds and stuff to help out? Yeah, absolutely. The North Carolina Woodworkers Guild was awesome down in North Carolina, and yeah, it's a great organization. And the Kansas City Woodworkers Guild was great to us out in Kansas City. They helped us a lot. They brought benches. Um, we hosted an offsite event at their really nice shop. Um, so we always partner with the the local woodworking clubs, and they're always very generous with their their time and talent and stuff. So I appreciate that immensely. Yeah. Besides all the new speakers, um, what are any other changes, anything new, anything people should be really looking forward to with the event? Um, I don't, I should have some pat answer for that, but I don't, um, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's just, um, another woodworking in America, but we've <laughs> changed up the classes so that there's different offerings than we've had in the past so that people who have been before are going to find something new, even if it's from a speaker they've seen before. Right. And, and I don't um, mean to write off the, oh, it's just new people. I mean, the, the instructors and the classes are the, the structure around which the event is built. So right. having new instructors, having different classes is a tremendous change. Um, and brings a lot of new value to it, even for people who have been to everyone. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise I'll lose my job. So, <laughs> um, but what's exciting about this year and is going to be, um, crazy is that one of the largest Oktoberfests in the country is in Cincinnati and it is the same weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, most of the people who are in for Oktoberfest live in town, so it's not going to have a huge effect on being able to find a hotel room and stuff, but you probably should book early just in case. But what that means is we, ha- we do have an offsite event and it's actually really cool. It only has a little bit to do with woodworking, barrel making, if you will. Mm-hmm. There is a huge history of beer in Cincinnati because it was a very German and Irish, uh, mostly German city back in the 1800s, early 1900s. And there's a, a legacy of, of beer making around here. And there's a lot of caverns under all of the buildings over and over the Rhine, which is a downtown area that's being revitalized. Mm-hmm. And we have a special tour of the, of the, I can't remember what the place is called exactly, but you get to go down inside the caverns, which you normally can't do and see the old processes and the spaces. And it's actually a really, really interesting tour. Um, so that's going to be a special add on, but, um, then there's also, 
you can walk across the bridge and go to Oktoberfest and do the, the world's largest chicken dance if you want to. So, <laughs> I know. So it's going to be a little crazy. And we didn't actually realize that the timing was the same as Oktoberfest, but I think it'll make it quite vibrant and, and fun. So mm, mm. lots of beer and pretzels available everywhere yeah. that weekend. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't hit that before. You know, we, well, I yeah. This weekend, about, you know, a couple times. Well, this is actually a little earlier than we've done it here in Cincinnati okay. in the past, um, okay. just because of when we could get the conference center. So uh, I guess that's why. But um, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a big party. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. So, and it always is a big party. Well, that's true. But an even bigger party with twenty thousand of your closest friends instead of three hundred. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of fun, but no, I would book early on the hotels, though. You just never know. Well, I'll say that that's good advice even when there is an Oktoberfest because – That's true. I've said this many times over, but one of the fantastic things about Cincinnati and while I – it's great that it's in your backyard. I'll be honest. I don't really care. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The important thing for me is that it's a good venue for what it is and for that reason, uh, Northern Kentucky is fantastic. Because you park your car on Thursday and you don't need it again until you go home on Sunday and you're just with other woodworkers the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't always been true with other sites. So the fact that you're in Cincinnati and get – it's important I think to get one of the hotels that are right next to the convention center because then you do. You just park the car and you spend the whole weekend with woodworkers not driving back to the hotel every night. That's true. Yep. I have to drive. Wait a minute. I should get a room. <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's a special I, deal for the conference. Yeah. I hear there is, yes. And the, the, day, the day you – I think you just teased the date. I don't even think it was originally announced. I, I jumped and booked Good idea. Day. I, good, yeah, I mean, we past, do. past experience speaking there because it fills up quick. The hotel – Well, it does and we have only a certain right. block of rooms at the discounted rate. There'll probably still be rooms available in in late August, but not at the discounted rate. So, mm. yeah. But of course, if you don't want to do the conference hotel, which um, is connected to the convention center, you can literally walk right across the Sky Bridge. Um, mm. There's a lot of other options right around there too. So, yeah. So with the embassies next door to that one, and then <laughs> I know there's there's cheaper venues. I've yeah. There's yeah. Th- there's three or four that are only like a two three block. Away. There's right. two, three block away. They're over by White Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you have been here before. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know where the White Castle is, but I'll believe Just you on, the on road. that. Okay. You know there are uh, there are a couple of of lunch times during the conference. We'll have to take you there one time. Mm, gosh, mm. very kind of you, but I think I'm going to have to pass. Oh, I don't know. You're the you're the edit, you're the is it content director now? Yeah, something like that. I, be- I believe it's your duty to go to White Castle for lunch. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'd rather go to Skyline if we're going to do, you know, Cincinnati things. So. <laughs> or have just beer and pretzels because they'll be everywhere that weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a bad idea. Yeah. Beer and pretzels. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm not going to persecute you to the five questions again since we've already – made you answer them, I believe. Oh, but I might answer them differently. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're just going to continue answering sledgehammers and other demolition tools. (laughs) Oh, not necessarily. 
I don't actually, I don't remember what the five questions are. You should ask me and then not use them if I give you bad answers. <laughs> oh, there's no bad answers. That's not the question. Okay. Well, if I don't give you funny ones, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not using a sledgehammer. I'm using a cat's paw. I'm not doing it, that kind of de- destruction. So you're well, carefully I did, but... prying things apart rather than smashing. Well, I them. am because I'm trying to retain all the original moldings and things like that. Oh, so sure. actually I'm doing it. Other, other than the 1950s walls that I took down, um, and actually inside of those, I, I reserve the or preserve the material because it's much better wood than what you can buy today. So mm-hmm. it's much tighter grain. So I actually was fairly careful in most of the most of the destructive uh, uh, operations because I do need to save uh, everything because I'll be reusing the moldings and. As I said, reusing the wood that had been used to build the 1950s walls to build the base of my landing. So, do you need to strip the wall? Uh, I actually don't. It's probably I'm, I'm actually trying right now to match the color, but it's uh, southern yellow pine, which is typical around here. Unfortunately, I didn't get the other typical around this area, and that's walnut. <laughs> Damn it! Um, it's not walnut. It's it's pine. Um, and it, of course, has a hundred years of dirt, but I'm almost certain it's just finished with a uh, red shellac, so you know, a garnet shellac. Okay. And then, so I'm trying to match that and add quote years of dirt with uh, toners on top of the shellac. So it's going to be difficult to get it perfect. But so, so you no, want it I to look aged, not brand new. I do not want it to look brand new because okay. I have all the original moldings in the rest of the house and I want it to match. And those, they're not so. being replaced or removed. No. Okay. Okay. No, See, I'm a. Big into the architectural history. My so. <laughs> my dad has a – actually, about two weeks ago, he closed on it. So he, he no longer has. But for 25-odd years, he had a colonial built in 1916. Mm, and yeah. while all of the work was done with a nod towards historical accuracy, mm-hmm. um, he was of the mindset that you know new was better than old. So – Right. Not that the quality or the type of finish was different. And I mean, he had all these custom made wooden sashed weighted windows and nice. lots of stuff like that. But within a week of buying the house, you could walk in the front door and see the attic and the ceiling. <laughs> um, or the ceiling and the attic, rather. It was completely gutted. And then it, we just spent years putting it back together. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I don't think we ever actually saved an old molding because they were all painted and it was so much it – was, it was more cost-effective to have it reproduced than to sure. um, than to clean it up. But when historically accurate moldings were reinstalled, they were done clean and neatly to look new but a mm-hmm. historic molding, not tarnished and aged to look like they had been there 100 years. So uh, that, I, I guess gotcha. that was the distinction I was going for is not – to veer away from the historic accuracy, but the old patinaed look versus the new but historically accurate look. Right. Well, if I had to replace everything, I would probably go the same route. But because so many, you know, all the door casings are here, all the window casings, the eight inch, you know, three part baseboard, four part baseboard, all the there's doors everywhere that are the old six, uh, one, two, three, yeah, six, six panels. Um, I do. Want, I don't want there to be a great difference in how those two look. So. The only thing I'm going to strip down is the floor and the stairs because they're just in, they've been refinished and not well. So (laughs) I'll redo those. But other than that, trying to, trying to make it look like it did in 1906 to, well, with with new electric and, you know, plumbing. So (laughs) is your house on a registry or anything? Is it that historic? No, no, it's not. 
Um, actually, my mother used to be the director of preservation programs for the National Trust for Historic Preservation, and I grew up in a house that was on the National Register, and we had to have I had to keep the house clean and I had to have wallpaper in my room that was appropriate to the period because oh, we had geez. tours and stuff. Oh, wow. And um, there's lots of – it's I, I don't have anything bad to say about the National Trust, but they do put a lot of restrictions on what mm. you can do, like the colors you can choose and things like that. So I'm not really interested in doing that. I'm interested for my own uh, sensibilities uh, for restoring it, but not for any – National Trust or you know preservation program reasons. So yeah, the the trust. I got enough are, of that growing up. <laughs> the trusts are wonderful, but as an owner, they're very oppressive, or they can be very oppressive depending on what you. They you're can, looking and doing. I understand why. But um, that's I, I, I'm. It's just one more hurdle to have to jump through, and goodness knows I have enough hurdles on all fronts <laughs> right now. So, so yeah. So, yeah, all my woodworking is house-related for the most part now. (laughs) Not at all what we do in the magazine. But I'll tell you what, knowing how to build furniture uh, has really helped me. I mean, I wouldn't have tried to do this without knowing that because that's what taught me what's possible. And the nice thing thing about with the exception of the the finish work, it's easier because you don't have to measure down to 64ths or whatever. Not that I usually measure, but, you know, it's a little bit looser. Um, so it goes faster and until you put the finish work on, it can be ugly. It doesn't matter. So it's kind of awesome. It's, it's kind of, you know, a joy to do because you as can build a, something quickly. As a furniture maker, I'll tell you what's actually easier than you let it be. Well, what's you that? think it's easier than doing furniture. Um, it's easier than, than you're letting it be. Cause like you had mentioned your cut nails that just oh, came in. Yeah. I don't, I know finished carpenters. I don't yeah. know a finished carpenter who would ever use a nail that doesn't come out of a gun. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's true, but I want to put the floorboards back on in the well, put them in in the right way for, okay, for the period in which it was built. Are they so, not tongue and groove floorboards? They are tongue and groove floorboards, but they're held in with clout nails at the at the um, groove. Okay, so but when you put the next board over it, and that groove is encased in a tongue, who's going to know? I will. <laughs> there you go. Again, it could be easier than what you're doing. I'm sure it absolutely could be, but you know, I the, one of the reasons I do woodworking is because I enjoy it, and so I want to do it in a way that pleases me. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what I'm doing now. I'm not going to lie; when I rebuild the bathroom, I'll be pulling out the framing nailer because you know that will be hidden behind uh, wallboards. So I don't care. But for things that are actually public, if you will, I'm going to use the proper materials because they do show. If you look hard enough, so nobody will, <laughs> but I don't care. I will know and it will make me happy. And at so, the end of the day, it's your house. So it needs that's to be happy. Right. I don't take it. I don't have any issue with that. That's um, right. Also, waiting for those nails to arrive gives you an excuse to put it off for a week. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, you did twist our arm. So we're going to run through the five questions. Since, all right. Um, <laughs> Sean, you want to you want to lead in with the first one? Sure, sure. So, and and don't hesitate if you've heard this question before because you have. Okay. Well, <laughs> how did you get into woodworking? Oh well, I was working at the magazine, and the guys were building stuff, and I thought that looks fun. I want to do that, so I did. <laughs> That's fair. I like that. Not everyone has that opportunity. You're lucky. Oh, I know. I'm very lucky. It's I, I can't believe how lucky I've been. So, 
Second question, what's your favorite tool? Well, at the moment, it is the Benchcrafted Scraper, which is spelled in a ridiculous manner, S-K-R-A-P-E-R, because... <laughs> does, that, does that really frost the editor in you? Yes, it really does. Jamil, change it just for me. Did he um, do it just to make it catchy in the wrong way? Well, I don't <laughs> want to say it's in the wrong way. It seems to be working for them. I just find it... Um, questionable yeah. that's all however the tool itself is a thing of beauty you know it's a carbide scraper that has a square edge so you can scrape into corners and it is brilliant for cleaning off all kinds of gunk and also for cleaning and i bought it to clean glue out of the corners of glue ups but my goodness if i use the hell out of that thing for for house rehab stuff so i love that tool excellent and see, last time, I'm pretty sure I probably said the router plane, which is my usual answer. But right now, it's the scraper with a K. <laughs> with a K. <laughs> with a K. Yeah. So who has influenced you the most, and we'll say in woodworking? Or in scraping. Or in scraping. <laughs> in scraping. <laughs> well, the world's best scraper is. Um, you know, I, I, that is becoming a more difficult question. The more people that I meet... And the more people who teach me, both through their writing, their videos, and in person, I'm still going to have to go with Christopher Shores because I wouldn't be doing what I do right now were it not for him. Um, but I will also say that I've become a Charles Hayward, actually, because I helped to edit that book that just came out from Lost Art Press. And just reading some of the 20th century ways of going about stuff pre-machinery has really introduced me to some new tools and new methods that I didn't necessarily know about before, but living woodworker is definitely Christopher. Okay. Yeah, you, you have a unique, you know, in your position, you get exposed to so much. I mean, truly I in, inspiring people and works. And I mean, I'm sure that that's, I understand that why that's becoming a harder and harder thing. It to is. But I hope through my job, I'm also passing that same inspiration along to anyone who reads our watches and learns from us. But oh, yeah, I so. I, I'm in a position, I'm in a, a I, I am blessed to have the, the daily interaction that I do with some of the people that I do. It's amazing. So, Well, I think that's what makes you an outstanding editor is that you feel that way because unfortunately there's a lot of the population who wouldn't really care about what we're talking about and write it, writing about. It. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are many more people who know how to edit than who are interested in editing and with, and woodworking. Sure. But then, you know, we do all kinds of other craft lines like knitting and soft crafts. And I don't know a thing about that. I could edit them, but I wouldn't care about it as much. So, exactly. and they would be good at editing my stuff, but they wouldn't care about it. And I think that makes a huge difference. And it does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Um, so in your woodworking, what was your biggest stumbling block and how could it have been avoided? <laughs> that answer has definitely changed. Um, getting help when I needed it instead of trying to do it all by myself because I'm working at the moment with very large pieces of wood, very heavy pieces of wood, mm -hmm. and I am stubborn. And I like to think that I don't need anyone to help me when it comes down brass tacks. And so I have almost hurt myself seriously a number of times trying to put up joists and things like that. And I probably should have asked for help. So I think the stumbling block for me is that I want to figure stuff out. I'm stubborn. I don't necessarily want to ask for help because I've read about it 10 times. I've 
10 different ways and I just think I can do it. And at the end of the day I can, but it's good to have a friend and I should ask when I need one. So there's a lot to be said for that in, in home building and in woodworking. Yeah. Well, it's true for the, I mean, I know I've probably said this before, but when we had a lot of guys working in the shop, I guess just as a defense mechanism, cause I'm a woman and smaller than all of them, I built the largest pieces and, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like to ask for help then either because I wanted to prove I could do it. And now I'm just usually working on stuff at two in the morning and nobody likes to be called at two in the morning. So Yeah. I, I, while I think I hopefully I've demonstrated that I'm more than happy to help. Yes. I, not at two in the morning, please. Don't call you at two in the yeah. morning. I get it. I do. So. so how has the internet influenced your work? Oh, geez. Um, my work personally or the work on the magazine? Let's, Let's say your work personally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my work personally is that I used to be exposed more to period furniture because that's what the guys were typically making and that's what all the books were about 10, 15 years ago. It's been 10 years now. My goodness. Um, <laughs> there weren't that many contemporary books out there. And so I'm looking at, you know, beautiful pieces by, by yeah, Chippendale, by by Stickley, by the Shaker Builders, um, none of whom I can name right now. Oh, Isaac Young's, there's one. Um, And now I can get on the internet and see things on Instagram that's just as wonderful, both period work and contemporary work, but it's exposed me to a lot more styles. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in the magazine, we've had some more contemporary pieces lately, whereas in the past, we tended to concentrate just on period work Mm -hmm. more. So I've been trying to expand the offerings of what we do because there's so much wonderful stuff out there and seeing all the work that's coming out of England and uh, a lot of the guys who are doing crazy, crazy 17th century hand tool work in Norway and just being able to be exposed to a far wider range of, of work has really been exciting for me. Awesome. That's excellent. Yeah, I think Instagram is just the cat's pajamas. You sh- should be on it, and you should follow woodworkers because just seeing what people are doing really helps you get better. Mm. So. It makes me realize how much I'm not doing. Well, that too. <laughs> you know what the trick is, Sean, is just make commitments to people that you're okay being months late on. But- oh, yeah. There- <laughs> no, actually, I, I have I have a thing I need to finish up. I've got a wedding reception coming up in a few weeks. So I've got to. Oh, and you and you said you would make the gift, didn't you? No, 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 no. It's actually worse than that. It was a gift before the wedding, and, oh. and I I've been I started it and basically built it uh, probably nine months ago. Oh. And it's been sitting in my garage unfinished, so I need to... Uh, all you I need to do is put a finish on it? The scariest yeah. part of the whole process? That's all? Yeah. <laughs> we still... It, it kills me. We get more questions about finishing than absolutely anything else, hands down, including workbenches, because that is terrifying. You spend right. 50 hours, 100 hours, 200 hours putting something together, and then you can ruin it in seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get that. Do you but, get them so repetitively that you've got it's like supplied answers? Like, please see Article X in Issue Y for that answer. <laughs> well, I, if you've ever sent in a letter to Bob Flexner, I usually forward them to him 
um, and he will say, well, if you would read my column from X issue of blah, blah, okay. blah. So, yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I have a pat answer on what work, what, what would should I use for a workbench? Cause I get that one a lot, but it's mostly finishing questions and I don't mind repeats on questions because new people are coming into the craft all the time. Sure. Um, so it's no problem answering the same question again and again, but but yeah, we have a few of them saved. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, like how to apply shellac. I think shellac scares a lot of people because if you don't thin it enough, of course, you get runs cause it, and brush marks because it dries so quickly. Yeah, so, it's, it's nasty if you don't thin it. Thin it down. I don't care what comes out of the can and make sure it's not old. Those are the, you know, why isn't my finish drying properly? We get that one a lot too. Um, it's old. Well, maybe. It also might be the humidity. It might be the temperature. You never know. So mm-hmm. hard to say. Anyway, yeah, so put that finish on. You got a wedding reception coming up. Okay. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> and if you have any questions, send them to me. I'll forward them to Bob, and he'll Bob. tell you to read X article from, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I may just do the research before I send that email. I don't know. Oh, we'll where's see. the fun in that? <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> Very proactive of you, though. I'm proud. <laughs> That's the way I usually do it. That's impressive. Not everybody does. So Right. Megan, thank you sure. for coming on the show with us. I am, as always, delighted to talk to you guys. And it was a pleasure to have you, and we are definitely looking forward to getting back to, let's just call it Northern Kentucky, or should we keep calling it Cincinnati? Um, the greater Cincinnati area. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> how, great, how great it is and i'm gonna see both you guys the 16th through the 18th right of yes. september okay yes. great we Good. will be there that was just my passive aggressive way of getting the date in there again so. <laughs> okay <laughs> well, before, before we do this do wrap this up besides directing people towards woodworking in america.com uh anything else you want to share about the event or where people sign up or anything like that no i like to think that we have all the information you need on there as far as travel, accommodations, signing up for the event. Um, when does that early bird expire? June 10th. So you should definitely get your tickets before then. You should. And if you want to sign up for the add-on event, you should do that almost immediately because it's a limited number. Um, the caverns are small. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but if anyone has any questions, they're always free to email me at megan.fitzpatrick at fwmedia.com. So happy to answer. Excellent. There you go. The, the, on the webpage, the top banner says "Hurry, early bird ending soon," or, or "Early bird ending June 10th." Right. Register now. So, yeah, and the website is, I mean, very well constructed, very easy to get through. Oh, good. I think I think everyone should have a pretty good idea how to get through it. And if you scroll down to the bottom, it's got a really nice picture of Freddie Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, on the front page it rotates. Yeah. yeah. So all the speakers are listed on there. All the classes are listed on there, mm-hmm. and the schedules, so you can plan out your your time ahead of time. I think we're probably asking you to quote register for classes, but that doesn't mean you have to stay in those particular classes. That's just to give us an idea of what's popular so that we can put the largest, you know, the most, uh, the things that most people want to go to will be in the larger room. So. Gotcha. And the ones that really nobody wants to see are going to be down around that corner in the back. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be holding court uh, outside the women's restroom or something and talking about how, how to properly use your, your bench-crafted scraper with a K. So. There you go. <laughs> I'll give an impromptu lesson on that because it is always in my back pocket when I'm in the house. So. I have a piece of, um, of kickboard trim that I pulled off from underneath my kitchen cabinets when I had to replace the dishwasher recently. 
Oh, I saw that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I could bring that if you want to demonstrate the scraper with. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I can do that. <laughs> I'll let you use mine. How's oh, that? wonderful. See, oh. I, I'm feeling left out because I just have a it's, – it's a paint – it's a quality paint scraper with the carbide tip, but it's not a woodworking scraper. No, 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 no. You got you to get that. Yeah. I'm serious. I don't usually shill for manufacturers, but that that is a kick-ass tool. So, <laughs> Are they going to be there this year? Do we know yet? Um, I, I am not sure yet. Um, I honestly don't know all the vendors yet. I know. they're. I mean, it looks like year. they're filling in. I, I'm, it's early still for that. but Yeah, they're starting to fill in. I hope the Benchcraft is going to be there. They haven't been able to make it because of timing and other commitments the last couple of years. But this is a lot closer than North Carolina. So mm. hopefully yeah. hopefully they'll be able to make it this year. I need to give Jamil a call. So He's actually got an article coming up soon. So I have a double excuse to call him now. <laughs> so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Again, thank you, Megan, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in September. Likewise. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. For anybody out there who's looking for us, and well, in a few weeks from when you're going to hear this, it's approaching quickly. Yeah, this, uh, believe it or not, this was recorded prior to your listening to it. But (laughs) when this goes live on saturday the may something um, the may we'll only, or something will only be a week or two away from weekend with wood so if you haven't booked at this point i fear it may be too late but certainly go to weekendwithwood.com and check it out but we'll be at weekend with wood may 19th through the 22nd at the wood magazine campus in des moines iowa and uh as we talked about with Dave Campbell of Wood Magazine a couple weeks ago. That sounds like it's going to be a very exciting event, and we're eager to go out there. And then, as you heard Megan talk about, where are we going to go, Sean? Please tell me. Popular Woodworking in America 2016. It's in Covington, Kentucky, the greater Cincinnati area, September 16th through 18th. Registration is open now. Early bird ends in early June. Get in while you can. Get your, your hotel booked if you've got to travel from out of town early that's next and that's new to me i didn't know it was i didn't even catch the fact that they rebranded it as your popular woodworking in america yeah i had not noticed that i'll try to say it (laughs) i'll still call it wia and megan approved that but um well uh if you say it by name i guess it's popular and it is popular it's always a good place to be it is it is so uh let's see yeah that's me and that just about wraps us up for this show if you're missing us already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Once you've subscribed, you'll be sure to never miss a new exciting episode. While you're there on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating. That helps us rank up so other people can find us more easily. And if you want to find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. You could like the MWA on Facebook. Or circle the Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. And while you're there, join the MWA Google Plus community for project sharing, discussion, and woodworking banter. I have been and will continue to be Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. I'm at SeanW78 on Twitter and Instagram and Untapped and uh, oh, what's another one? Snapchat. Snapchat's uh, fun. I don't post a lot, but I like the stories things that they're doing. It's pretty cool. I will have to check that out. 
You really should. I mean, guys like like David Pesciuto and uh, Jimmy DeResta, they they're fairly active on there, and they you seem get little to be living snippets. on it lately. Well, yeah, but they seem they do little snippets of what they, uh, uh, you know, what they're up to. It's kind of cool to see. And Dave Dave has fun with his little wiener dog. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let that lie. Yeah, let that go. So, I uh, I am Diami Plotky of PenultimateWoodshop.com. I am on the Twitters at Diami Plotke, and I'm on the Facebook, the Tumblr, the Untapped, Instagram, not yet the Snapchat, Google Plus. Um, most of the platforms you're going to find me, and it's always going to be under uh, either Penultimate or Diami. Unique name it works well. It does. It does. Though so <laughs> I'll, I'll mention this publicly. I've aired this privately to many people, but uh, there is a person who has the Twitter handle at Diami, who has tweeted, I think, three times. And I've tweeted, I think, about 36,000 times. Yeah. So um, I feel I should I should get that. But be that as it may, they beat me to it. Yeah, that's un- unjust. That needs to be fixed. It strikes me as a social injustice. Somebody out there, somebody, somebody knows that guy, girl, person, whatever, that needs to let go. Stop squatting on that name. Diami deserves it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so All with right. that, uh, I'm going to advise everyone to listen to something that's calming while you're in the shop. Not get angry at us, flub over our lines, and uh, act like we haven't done this 94 times before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and go make something nice. Okay, was, so we was won't Katie talk Perry about the carrying guy. a can of Krylon, like as a purse. That's uh, yeah, the that's a battle. I, can't, I want to. I need to go to bed, Sean. <laughs>